0: Welcome to Every Moment His, a podcast dedicated to how God's preached Word affects every moment of our daily lives. This sermon was preached by Pastor John Rasmussen at Holy Cross Lutheran Church. Would you please pray with me as we prepare to hear God's Word? Father in Heaven, Your Word is truth Uh, Your word brings us to repentance. It also comforts us and heals us and forgives us. We pray that your presence will be with us. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus we pray. Amen. So go ahead and open up a Bible, and we will turn to Matthew chapter 3. That's our gospel reading for the second Sunday of Advent. Uh, We have the character John the Baptist uh, preaching in the wilderness uh, his message of repentance. And so let's take a look at Matthew chapter 3. I encourage everybody to have a Bible open. We will be moving around quite a bit in the Scriptures today. So, starting at chapter 3, verse 1, let's just go ahead and read those words together. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, repent. Uh, My goal for this sermon is really simple. It's that each of you here today would understand what the word repent means. So if somebody said to you, what does it mean to repent? You could tell them in just a few moments. Um, Next, that you would each practice repentance daily, that you would live a lifestyle of repentance. And finally, that our church would be a place where repentance is normal, expected, and celebrated. Sound good? Amen. Amen. Okay, let's go. So, repent. Thank you. What does it mean to repent? Repent. Uh, Years ago, I was flying out of the Omaha airport, and uh, I got to the airport plenty early. I'm one of those people who likes to get to the airport about three hours before the flight takes off. It's a constant debate in the family, um, but I like to get there really, really early. And so uh, there I was, I got there, and thankfully I got there early because uh, the TSA security line was way backed up. And so after about 30 minutes of waiting, I finally got to the metal detectors, I emptied my pockets, I had my shoes off, I handed my boarding pass and my driver's license to the TSA officer, and then he told me something I did not expect to hear. He said, hey, man, you're in the wrong terminal, so got to do something about that. Um, If you've ever been to the Omaha airport, which likely you have, you know that it's pretty simple. There's terminal A and terminal B. Uh... Hold on. (laughs) For some reason, I was flying a different airline than I normally fly, and so, you know, I was in the habit of always going to the southwest side, and uh, instead I went to whatever's on the other side. And uh, so, um, that meant that I was in the wrong terminal by habit. Um, So in that moment, the TSA officer was sort of like John the Baptist for me, repent for your plane is in the other terminal. So, I looked at my boarding pass, I agreed that he was right, I changed my mind, and I literally turned and walked the other direction. And friends, that is what it means to repent. In the Old Testament, the word for repent... In Hebrew, simply means to turn. It means to turn one's direction, to turn back to God. It means that somebody's been wandering away from God or they've been unfaithful to Him, and then they are called to turn back to the Lord. In the New Testament, the Greek word for repent means literally to change one's mind, which leads us back to God and into a new way of life. And so, this is what it means to repent to turn, to change one's mind, to agree with God that He is right, and to find help where He's provided it. Now what I want you to see today is that uh, repentance is one of the main themes of the New Testament. In fact, you cannot understand the New Testament if you don't understand what it means to repent. In fact, I would be as bold to say that you cannot be a Christian unless you repent. It's integral to our faith. So make sure you have a Bible handy, and let's go back to Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. Let's read it again. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So John was basically saying that the king of kings is coming. In fact, he's already here. He's the one who is rightfully in charge, and so the call of repentance means to drop your agenda and follow his. In other words, you are in the wrong terminal. And guess what happened? If you paid attention to the reading in the gospel today, you saw that people repented. People came in large groups, in crowds of people, they came confessing their sins, admitting the ways they turned away from God. They received forgiveness and they started a new life. Now, turn with me to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 4. I want you to see that John's message of repentance was also Jesus' message of repentance. Look with me at verse 17. Matthew 4, 17, let's read it together. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so, do you see that John the baptizer and Jesus the Savior had the same exact message? It's repent, turn back to God, change your mind. Now, let's turn to the last chapter of Luke's gospel, Luke 24. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke 24. This is right after Jesus was raised from the dead and right before he ascends into heaven. These are some of his parting words to His disciples. He is giving them their mission to accomplish. And, and so this is what Jesus says in, in Luke 24, verse 46. Let's read it together. And He said to them, thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be reclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. So do you see that there is once again this command to preach repentance? So the the message of uh, John the Baptist is the message of Jesus, which is the message of the apostles that they are given to preach. And so can you guess what the apostles preach when we get to the book of Acts? Let's go to the book of Acts. So Luke, John, Acts chapter 2. This is the day of Pentecost, the day that the Holy Spirit came and created the the church. So, Acts chapter 2, look with me at verse 38. This is the message preached on the first Pentecost. And Peter said to them, you can read it with me, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, For the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, that's the message of the New Testament. Repent, place your faith in the good news of Christ, and live your life in light of it. Uh, I could go on and give you about 50, 60, 70 more examples, but we won't. We'll continue. So, if the message of the New Testament is repentance, can you guess what the guy in the pulpit's going to preach every Sunday, right? (coughs) Pastor Tim, myself, what are we going to preach every Sunday? It's going to be repentance, right? Every sermon should be a call for each of us, the preacher first and foremost, to repent, to change our minds, to turn back to God, and to believe the good news of the gospel. That's what we gather to do here on Sundays. In fact, this is one of the first things that we do when we get together for worship. After the opening song or hymn, we take some time in the worship service to pause. Probably not enough time, right? We take some time to pause, to reflect, To think about our lives according to God's commandments. We change our minds. We turn back to God. We confess our sins. And week after week, God proclaims to us His forgiveness. But what I want to hold out to you today is this, is that repentance isn't just something that we're called to practice once a week or whenever we come to church. No. Repentance is something that we're called to practice daily. In fact, we as Christians are called to embody a lifestyle of repentance, a life marked by repentance. So I want you to hear these words of Martin Luther. Martin Luther uh, wrote the 95 Theses. That was the document that he nailed on the church door, uh, Wittenberg Church. Uh, that was like the uh, Facebook of the 1500s. You know, that's where you would kind of place your message to be publicly discussed. And thesis number one out of 95 is this. He says, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. See, the church at that time was saying, you know, um, if you sin, you can also pay some money and you can kind of just write it off, you know, Uh, you can get an indulgence. Uh, But Luther said, oh, no, 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 hold on. No, the entire life of a Christian is to be one of repentance. Let me just read this one more time. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Now, you might hear this and think, That's a little bit too much repentance. How can my entire life be one of repentance? I mean, I'm good with confessing my sins here and there and maybe making some changes now and then. But my entire life, I don't know if I signed up for that. Well, if that's your response, then you have a wonderful opportunity today to repent. To change your mind and recognize that Jesus Christ really does have a claim on every single moment of your life. So, think with me for a moment. When our Lord Jesus Christ offered Himself up for you on the cross for your sins and for your salvation, did He offer only a part of Himself or all of Himself? All of Himself, right? And so, as a person redeemed by Jesus, as a person baptized into Jesus, how much of your life belongs to Jesus? It's all of it, right? Every single second. So, what does it mean that you as a Christian, that your entire life would be a life of repentance? What does it look like for you to practice repentance in daily life? Well, first, I think it looks like you and me knowing God's commandments. You see, if we don't know God's commandments, His expectations for our lives, then we won't really know what to turn from or what to turn toward. God's commandments function for us sort of like the TSA officer that tells us that we are in the wrong terminal in certain areas of our lives. And this is why it's so important that we hear the preaching of God's Word day in and day out, week after week. This is why it's so important that we spend time in the Holy Scriptures daily, because if we just listen to the voice of the world or the voice of the culture or the voice of our own hearts, we won't see a need to repent. We live in an age where everything is permissible, and so nothing needs to be repented of. We live in an age in which everything is permissible and so nothing is forgiven. But God's commandments show us our need for daily repentance and forgiveness. What does it look like to live a life of repentance daily? Well, second, I would say the practice of daily repentance means that we feel and admit our inability daily. You see, part of repentance is actually admitting, I can't. Now, this doesn't mean that you're off the hook and you don't need to repent. What it means is that we admit honestly to God that apart from Jesus Christ, we really can't do anything good. We need Jesus to love us and die for us and rise from the dead for us because we cannot work our way out of our sinful condition. In fact, the harder we try, the worse we make it. We need the Holy Spirit to turn our hearts away from sin and toward God daily. Repentance doesn't just mean that we recognize the presence of sin in our lives and that we turn away from it, but rather repentance means that we also recognize that we are powerless to save ourselves. Do you believe that? That you are powerless to save yourself? And so, repentance means that we are continually turning, not to our own efforts, but we are continually turning to the cross, to our Savior, to His love, and to His mercy. Third, daily repentance means that we have an attitude of humility. It means that we're aware of and we're honest about our weaknesses and our failures. It means that we don't deny our daily sins or try to justify them or hide them. It means that we have a growth mindset where we're recognizing that until the day that we die, we are works in progress, and we are open to God's correction and His healing in our lives daily. We recognize that repentance is not some dreary task like crawling on broken glass, but rather repentance is just a normal part of being a Christian every day. It's a normal part of being a new creature in Christ, one who is being made daily more and more like Jesus. And yes, of course, repentance can be startling, it can be painful, it can be inconvenient, It was not a joy for me to hear that I was in the wrong terminal. But in the end, repentance is always joyful. You know, when I sat down in the right seat on the right plane, going out of the right terminal to the right destination, I breathed a sigh of relief and I felt joy. I made it. And in the same way, when we repent, we have joy joy. In fact, friends, repentance always leads to joy. And I would say that no genuine Christian ever regrets repentance. We'll never say, oh man, I shouldn't have done that repentance thing. So once again, what does it look like for you to live a life of daily repentance? What does it look like for you to live a repentance lifestyle? What does it look like for your marriage to be one marked by daily repentance? What does it look like for your parenting to be marked by daily repentance or your dating relationship to be marked by daily repentance or your work or your school or your relationship with neighbors or friends? What does it look like for those relationships and those responsibilities to be marked by daily repentance? What does that look like? I think it looks like us admitting our mistakes daily. I think it looks like us asking for God's forgiveness and for the forgiveness of others daily. I think it looks like us seeking the Lord's counsel and help daily to do better. I think it looks like us not waiting until we come to church to confess our sins in that 10 or 15 seconds of silence, but rather I think it looks like us turning back to God daily. It looks like us taking time each day to take inventory of our day and confess our sins and receive God's forgiveness afresh. I think it looks like us confessing our sins in the moment we realize we've sinned rather than allowing those things to fester and get infected. I think it looks like us learning day by day, moment by moment, to see everything in our lives, the good, the bad, and the in-between, through the lens of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so this means that every day and every moment is one marked by repentance and forgiveness. Furthermore, imagine with me, what would it look like For our congregation to be a place where repentance, daily repentance, is normal, expected, and celebrated. What would it look like if all of us daily repented together? I'll go first, right? If we all repented together. I mean, sadly, churches can become places where repentance is rare or even surprising, We sidestep accountability through denial, or we shift blame, or we just outright disappear rather than grow. But what would it look like for Holy Cross Lutheran Church to become a place where we normalize the practice of daily repentance? It's not weird or awkward. It's just what we do. It's what we show up to do here. I think it would look like relationships that are strengthened rather than just surface level. I think it would look like relationships that are healed that were once strained or distant or avoidant. I think it would look like greater joy and greater growth. In fact, I wonder if maybe even the the temperature of our worship would be turned up a little bit as our hearts are more devoted to the Lord together. I think it would make the gospel attractive to unbelievers who are curious about what Christianity is all about. I think it would make Our church is a safe place to admit weakness and still be loved. I think that's what repentance together would look like. So, in conclusion, a few questions for you to wrestle with. We don't want God's Word just to go into our ears, but we want it to go into our hearts, into our habits, into our daily lives. And so, ponder with me these two questions. First, What is God calling you to repent of? Where is God calling you to repent? See, the question as a Christian is never, do I need to repent? But each day the question is, God, where would you have me repent? Take some time to think about that. Perhaps this would be a good thing to journal about this week. To spend some time in prayer about. Where is God calling me specifically to repent? And it may be something you've repented of over and over and over again. This repentance thing, it's for life, right? We just keep doing it until we're dead. But second, this is a heart question. Are you willing to repent? It can be really hard to admit our weaknesses, our failures, and our outright rebellion. Isn't it true that it's vulnerable to admit that we took a wrong turn or made a mess of something? And I think it's hard to admit those things because we fear rejection. But isn't it amazing that our Lord knows everything about us, every thought, every word, every action, the things in secret and the things in open. He knows everything, and yet when we confess our sins, He does not reject us. He forgives us gives us a fresh start. What could be better than that? As you ponder this question, am I willing to repent? I want you to consider the one who's asking you to repent. It's not me or Pastor Tim. It's Jesus. Consider who Jesus is and what He's done for you, all so that you might repent and enjoy the goodness of His forgiveness day after day. I want you to listen to the voice that calls you to repentance. Listen to the love behind that voice. You know, when we admit our weaknesses and failures to people and and they ask us to change, to repent, to turn, it really depends on who's asking, right? Is this person going to shame me and guilt me into turning? Or is this person going to come alongside me and love me into changing? Well, turn with me to Revelation chapter 3. I want you to hear the voice of your Lord as He calls out to your heart to repent every day. Revelation, chapter three, last book in the Bible. Verse 19. Now as we read Revelation 3:19. This is written to the church, the church in Laodicea in modern-day Turkey. As we read verse 19, I want you to imagine the Lord speaking it to you, okay? We're going to read it twice. Verse 19, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent. One more time, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline, so be zealous and repent who does God love? You. And so who does he call daily to repent? You and me. So people of God, loved by him, let's repent today, tomorrow, the day after that, all the way to the end. And every time we do, all of heaven rejoices. Amen.